Welcome to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. It's your boy, JC, telling you this tale called Maxine's Pet from Another World. And dear listener, if you want to submit your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Jack reaches over his nightstand to pick up his phone. He went to snooze his phone's fourth alarm. He looked at the time. 8 a.m. He starts work at 9. He snoozed it once more to try to go back to sleep. Jack has suffered from insomnia since he was in high school. He has tried melatonin, CBD, and meditation, but nothing ever worked. His body and mind would not settle until the sun's rays peaked over the horizon. Three hours of sleep, maybe four on a good day, was Jack's average. In his senior year in high school, he thought he would eventually get used to it, but that also never happened. He always woke up with no energy, and that continued throughout the day. Coffee and bang energy were his best friends. They kept him employed. 8.20, his fifth alarm went off. Like before, he reached for his phone and noticed an unexpected notification. He rubbed the crust from his eyes to validate what he saw. There it was, a red icon with a white flame in the center. You have a new match, it read. Not only that, right below it was another notification. Maxine has sent you a message. Jack was awake now. Tinder was not one of his strengths. He maybe got a match once a month. But to get a match and a message set first was as difficult as finding a needle in a landfill. Before he opened it, he got out of bed and went to the bathroom to complete his morning routine. He at least had to brush his teeth and shower before opening up that notification. 100% of his brain had to be working in hopes of receiving a text back from Maxine. He finished as quickly as he could. At 8.35, he stepped out of the shower. He hung his towel and stared at himself in the mirror. You, you got this, he whispered. He unlocked his phone and clicked on the notification. The app was taking a little longer than normal to load. The screen flickered a little, which Jack fixed by violently shaking his phone. He thought that was a little weird, as he had never done that before, but he overlooked it. His heart rate increased as the app loaded his messages. Before even looking at what Maxine had sent, he went through her profile. There were four pictures of her. The first one was of her at a bar with a birthday sash around her. From the pictures, he had guessed she was taller than him. A Caucasian woman with short, curly silver hair that reached her shoulders. She had dark green eyes with some freckles across her cheeks. She also wore glasses, a secret weakness for Jack. Her bio read, I enjoy a good book in the shade on a beautiful day. Who's your favorite author? Looking for the one. No one night stands or picks. Take me on a coffee date or something. The other pictures were of her doing various activities hanging out with her friends at the beach, her setting up a tent, and one staring directly at a camera motionless. He focused on that one. It was strange, but it was also flattering, yet he had never seen someone with such a blank expression on Tinder. What also caught his eye was the emblem on his shirt she had on. It looked like it was from a game he loved playing. For a split moment, he thought he saw it move around her. The phone screen flickered yet again. He shook it, and the picture returned to normal. Blaming his lack of sleep, he went to his messages to see what she had sent. Hey, you look cute. Just want to say hi. Jack blushed a little. He sat on his gaming chair to think of an adequate response. Maxine, I will forever cherish your compliment. To answer your question, my favorite author is Michael Chu. Jack sat there and waited for a few minutes. He eventually moved to swipe on other people on Tinder. He was on that chair until he received a call. The caller ID read Larry Brown, the name of his boss at Burger King. He looked at the time. 9.10. Damn it, he thought. He jumped from his seat and threw on his work uniform. Once he put on his Apple Watch, he answered the call. Hello? He said. At first, all he heard from the other end was some angry breathing. Jack? 
Where in God's good name are you? You were supposed to be here ten minutes ago. We need you. There is already a line in the drive-thru, said Larry. I'm on the way, he said. Almost there. He hung up and grabbed his car keys. He rushed into his 2008 Toyota Prius and took off. Ten minutes later, he arrived in the Burger King parking lot. Sure enough, there was a gigantic drive through line that looped around the building. He got out of his car and headed towards the doors. He opened the door and saw the drive through was in the only part of the store that was busy. There were more people inside than the occupancy limit. He brushed past the crowd of people to get behind the counter. Some of the folks started to complain about him cutting through the line until they saw his Burger King uniform. He made his way to the counter where his manager was at the cash register ringing up orders. Yes, yes, a large Whopper combo with some spicy nuggets. Anything else? He then saw Jack. Hey, get your late ass in the kitchen. Ben and Felice are struggling to keep up with this. Jack maneuvered past his manager and his other co-workers on the register to the kitchen. There he saw his best work friend Ben on the grill. He was grilling more burgers than the grill could hold. Felicia was on the fryer with a list of product that needed to be cooked. Well, look who decided to join, muttered Ben. If you could stop gawking at the back orders and get more fries from the freezer, man, we'll all be so much less pissed at you, dude. Jack did as he was told and headed to the freezer. On the way there, he walked past the manager station. In big yellow and red font, it read, Burger King team, we are starting the Evolved Whopper release today. Be prepared for increased clientele. Yours truly, Burger King executive team. That is why there was so many people there. Last time Jack had spoken to Larry about that product, it was not supposed to release for another month. Jack continued his task and went to the freezer. He had no time to be mad about the unexpected release when his co-workers are already going to punish him for his tardiness. He grabbed his bags and headed back to the fry station to help Felicia. Like he did almost every day, he spent the next 10 hours frying fries, flipping burgers, or making milkshakes. Being forced to focus on the job, he completely forgot the messages with Maxine. It wasn't until he and his co-workers were cleaning after closing that he remembered the reason he was late in the first place. Halfway through mopping the lobby, he pulled out his phone and took a seat in one of the corner booths. He was just out of sight of his manager. Sure enough, when he pulled out his phone, there was another notification that read, Maxine had sent a message. Excited, he opened the app. What has he written? It read. Jack's pulse raced. A woman was finally showing interest in him, and he could tell her about his favorite modern-day writer, Michael Chu. He has worked on a variety of different projects, but in my opinion, his magnum opus is the lore he did for a game called Overwatch, he responded. Engrossed in his world, he didn't notice when his co-worker Ben walked up to him. Ben peeked his head over his shoulder. Oh, look, you finally grew some balls, man, Ben said. Jack jolted back into his seat and dropped his phone. The phone fell between his legs and landed on the floor. Father of all that is holy, don't scare me like that, he muttered. Maxine, that's a cute name. She won't keep talking to you if you keep up that nerd shit, Ben joked. Jack reached down to pick up his phone. Fuck, he yelled. The phone had landed on one of its corners. It had cracked from the point of impact, which spread throughout the rear of the phone. I can't afford a new phone, he complained. You also can't afford to fuck this up with Maxine, man, Ben laughed. You are the only 34-year-old virgin I know. I would hate for you to be the only 40-year-old one, too. Jack ignored Ben's comments. He kept trying to turn on his phone, but his screen was flickering like he had done that morning. No, 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 Jack lamented. Yo, y'all are still on the clock. Get back to work, yelled Larry. Come on, Romeo, the boss is calling. Ben turned and headed back towards the soda station. Jack spent the next few minutes hitting his phone in the palm of his hands. 
The screen kept flickering with no sign of improvement. Come on, come on, he pleaded. Jack, you are already late today. Now do your job or you soon won't have a job, Larry yelled. Jack slipped his phone back into his pocket to finish his tasks. While cleaning, he could hear Ben tell Felicia about Maxine. Ben was now scraping the grill while Felicia donned her burn-proof getup to change the oil in the deep fryer. You think it will lead to anything? Felicia asked. I think if he talks more like a medieval knight, he'll have a better chance, Ben joked. Stop being mean, you never know. That just might be exactly what she's into. Wanna bet on that, dude? Ben proposed. I don't got that type of money to throw around. Okay, man. Okay. How about I'll work the extra shifts next week if they go out, and you do if they don't. That is something I can do. She smiled as she offered her oil-drenched gloved hand. No handshakes, dude. Our word is good enough. Jack dumped his mop bucket in the back and prepped to go. He was slightly annoyed by the bet, but he knew their stupidity would not affect his chances. He went to the cubbies to grab the rest of his stuff. Felicia appeared behind him. Hey, just don't be too direct, okay? Good luck. I believe in you. She awkwardly patted him on the shoulder before she turned and left. He again tried to turn his phone back on, but nothing had changed. Frustrated, he left the Burger Kingdom without saying goodbye to his associates. Once he got in his car, he instinctively plugged his phone in. He took a minute to collect his thoughts. A lot had happened that day. The excitement was now taking its toll on his mental state. He was feeling exhausted. He left for the highway. He switched to his usual station, 106.8 Smooth Jazz Radio. Lost in thought, he mindlessly continued his way home. Just when Good Morning Heartbreak by Diana Ross stopped playing, the screen of his phone flickered back on. Maxine had sent you a message. It read, He looked at the time. That was a new message she had just sent. He picked up his phone to check it out. The screen was now back in working order. He clicked on the notification. I love Overwatch too. I'm a Reaper main. How about you? It said. Yes! He shouted. Maxine was perfect for him. She didn't mock him for claiming Michael Chu was his favorite writer. Plus, she liked the game. Not wanting to waste any time, he used one hand to reply to her. Reaper is pretty good, but I'm a Reinhardt main. Multitasking was never a strong suit, but he had to text her back while she was still active. A couple of seconds after sending the message, the typing indicator displayed at the bottom of the screen. I love a man that knows how to wield his hammer, it said with a winky face emoji. Jack's hands were getting a little sweaty at this point. Don't text and drive, he remembered. The number of posters, commercials, and signs had quickly flooded his mind. He pushed those thoughts back. He was a man on a mission with a higher purpose. At that moment, the rules of the world did not apply to him. Give me the chance and I'll show you how I can bring that hammer down. He responded with the emoji with the tongue sticking out. Jack was going to make Ben eat his words. He was going to get him to take his shifts too. He was getting ready to tell Ben just how wrong he was. See you soon, she replied. Address? He sent back. Call it a sixth sense, or by the grace of God, Jack looked up. His headlights caught a small yellow object with two wheels on the back and one in the front. Holding onto the orange handlebars was a small child no older than five looking directly at him with a lollipop in their hands. They were a good distance away from him, but that distance was closing in fast. He honked his horn again and again. Even if the child did move, it couldn't move fast enough for him to avoid it. His phone vibrated once more. Maxine had sent a message. Even in this predicament, he took the time to glance at his device, the winky face emoji. That is all she sent. He soon heard the child start to scream. He looked back up. The kid was now too close to move away in time. 
Jack jolted the steering wheel to the right. The car reacted quick enough and avoided the child. At the speed he was going, all traction was gone. He tried to correct the wheel, but the car spun in a circle. He hit his head on the wheel in all the commotion. With no sense of direction, he turned the wheel the other way. The car's tire stopped spinning wildly. The momentum caused him to hit his head on the doorframe. Confusing the gas pedal for the brake, he accelerated the vehicle. Now in a dazed state, he lost all sense of control. He veered off the side of the road into a grove of trees. He zoomed right by one, just missed another. His phone lit up and vibrated with a new notification. This time, both hands were on the wheel fighting for survival. Jack made it out of those trees back to the road, fear and adrenaline coursing through his being. Still being controlled by his other head, he picked up his phone. Can't wait, the message read. He put his phone down by his side. Looking back at the road, a giant brown four-legged beast jumped into his path. The creature looked at him and froze. He could recognize those antlers anywhere. Then, darkness. Only pain. Where did it start? The dismantlement of cells. Atoms splitting repeatedly. Where did it end? No control over who or what you are. Just agony. Time. What is that? This is all you are. Your existence in the nothingness of misery. Alive? Where? All that you are is suffering. Yet, even that is slowly fading. Emptiness. Solitude is your comfort now. No. At least with the pain, something was felt. Bit by bit, the pain became bearable. When there was nothing but nothingness, it hit. Piece by piece, you are pulled through the unknown. Summoned. Becoming something. Once again. Stronger. Different. Better. Jack opened his eyes. Looking around him, everything was tinted in orange or red. He was laying in the center of a circle with a gleaming star with six sides. Ten bald figures were around him. Their outfits reminded him of stereotypical clergymen in any fantasy media, all of them humming while one with an oversized top hat spoke some language he didn't understand. He rose. All the men stopped their humming to cheer. The hack clergyman reached the crescendo of his speech. Jack yelled at the man, but they all looked confused. Some of them tried to respond. No luck. He could not pinpoint for the life of him the language they were speaking. He decided to approach the top hat man. He lunged at him only to immediately pull back. His hand was a little scorched. He cautiously approached the figure. The closer he got, the more unbearable the heat became. Flames. He was surrounded by a wall of fire. He backtracked to the center of the circle. He sat down crisscross applesauce style. Soon, Top Hat finished chanting. The wall of flames sank to the ground, and with that, the circle had ceased its glowing. The hat guy approached him. He started talking to him. It wasn't long before he realized that Jack didn't understand him. He looked annoyed before giving him the universal signal to wait. He turned and went into a door that had been behind the shrine. Jack's perception of time was still a bit discombobulated from his weird vision, so he wasn't sure how long it took for him to return. It was a little awkward. The other bald guys whispered to each other while staring at him. They no longer tried to interact with him, and Jack did the same. Eventually, Hatman returned followed by a stunning sight. The guy pointed at him and talked to the new figure. She clapped her hands. All the men stood upright, hushed their tones, and left the way the top man had come in, including Top Hat Guy. She looked at him from head to toe, like she was inspecting a new car. She was at least seven feet. She had long silver hair that reached the floor, and piercing red eyes that penetrated his soul. A single horn that rested at the center of her forehead that split into two ends. Voluptuous. Perfect. Supernatural. She nodded before placing her hands on his back. She was cold to the touch, yet her presence was inviting. That is when Jack finally realized he was naked. Embarrassed, he jumped from her and tried to cover himself with his hands. She laughed. Oh, 
Her laugh was sexy, he thought. He looked down to make sure he adequately covered his front. Holy shit, I have abs now. He stopped covering his body and checked out his abs. They were real. Moving from his abs, his arms were toned and veiny. He could distinguish his triceps. His man boobs had turned to pecs. His calf muscles had muscles. Amidst his self-admiration, two arms wrapped around his body from behind. He could feel her softly breathing by his ear. Her chest pressed up against his back. Did he get taller or did she shrink? That idea quickly left his mind as she continued to fill him up. His face reddened. He stood as still as a tree not knowing what to do. She started whispering in his ear. He didn't understand any of it, but he loved it. She turned him around. They are now the same height. She stared deeply into his eyes. Her right hand made its way to his neck. Her grip squeezed the sides of it. She dug her sharp nails into him ever so slightly. Not enough to be concerning, but enough to draw blood. Jack stood there and let it happen. She dug her nails a little deeper. He let out a squeal. She pulled back to admire her work. She got closer to his neck. He felt the warmth of her tongue clean up her mess. A warm chill spread throughout his body. Not being able to control it, he moaned. He heard her laugh before she pulled his head back to eye level. She used her left hand to brush his hair behind his ear. Her right hand was caressing his cheek. Her lips were bloodied, but that didn't worry him. She took her left hand and gently closed his eyes. He was pulled forward. His lips met hers. He could have stayed like that for eternity. The warmth of her lips was only complemented by the coolness of his blood. His neck warmed up. Jack reacted to her kiss by pulling her deeper into him. The more passionate they got, the hotter his neck grew. Still with his eyes closed, he thought she had her hands wrapped around his neck until it became unbearable. He pulled back from her. He opened his eyes to see her smiling sweetly at him. Can you understand me now? She said. He grabbed his neck. Something had materialized around it. You are now mine. Is that a collar? Asked Jack. Yes. I cannot have you forget your place, my pet. Who are you? I am Demon Queen Maxine Maru. And you are now Lotan, servant of Maru. Maxine? Yes. But my priests were the ones who interacted with you till the summoning. But, but why? I want you by my side. Oh, of course. But I need your help. Whatever you need, Maxine. I cannot claim a mate till all the shards of Alphium are back in my possession. They lay strewn across the material plane, which I am banished from. Why? Mortals fear power which they do not understand. Makes sense. Will you help me? Oh, yeah. She excitedly clapped her hands. Great. It'll be hard. But with the abilities I'll grant you, I believe you will prevail. I will prevail. Even with my powers, you will need help. Who? Those who can help you will be in the City of Brass. But this is our little secret. Okay? I will not tell a soul. Unless I tell you. Unless you tell me. Are you ready? Send me. Close your eyes. The City of Brass awaits. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. If you want to share your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this tale, share it with your friends, family, and adventuring party. And if you can, please leave a review to help this reach the entirety of the planes of existence. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter for teasers and updates. Again, thanks for listening, and return in a fortnight for the next episode. That's two weeks. Bye!